And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, senores y senores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Robbie Gutierrez, at RobG1063 on Twitter. You can find all of our new stat scores and information for the World Series coming up at NAI Ball on Twitter, as well as well as at NAI Ball on Twitter. Instagram, it is Season 6, Episode 5, our World Series preview episode. Absolutely thrilled to uh, be able to be here and do this with you. Only two se- two shows left in the season. It's this one in our award show. What does that mean for me? It means, uh, you know, if you didn't don't remember or you hadn't heard, I've got about two shows left in my time as, you know, the podcast host. And that's for a variety of reasons. That we will get into at a at a you know later time and date, uh, probably in the last show of the year. But truth be told, it's this time of the year that I miss Cody a ton, and and I know that it's gonna probably be a lot harder for me when college football season comes around. Believe it or not, especially high school football. But this is the time of the year that that I definitely, definitely, definitely am missing him, and uh, it's been pretty tough this year. I'll tell you what. You know, you've got Connor working. He was in Lewiston last week working with USAO. He's in Georgia this week. And then uh, Taylor also handling some business. He's going to be helping us out during the World Series. But Taylor's, you know, still a main point for a pot, another podcast right now or another uh, social media site right now. And, and uh, he's going to be busy doing that as well. So these guys have, you know, it's kind of you're stuck with me. You know, when we do the Twitter Spaces you know, these nights, you're going to be stuck with me. And I'm sorry to those of you who aren't super thrilled about that, but it's it's what's going to happen. So what do we have in this show? We're going to take a look at who our opening round winners are, who advanced to the World Series. We're going to talk about our top 10 hitters and pitchers. We're not going to go into super, super deep detail into them, but I'm going to tell you who they are. And uh, we'll give you some stats about them later in the show. They're all going to be highlighted. If there's somebody we don't highlight, you know, we'll, we'll go back to them, but that'd be kind of weird if I left them out. Uh, we're going to talk about our World Series preview. We're going to talk about all 10 teams, and then uh, I want to take a quick look back. It's been 10 years since the last no-hitter was thrown at the World Series, and I got to be there for it. So uh, I just want to kind of look at some memories of that. So taking a look at who those opening round winners were, who won in those opening rounds, and who did they defeat. Bellevue sweeps its bracket, going 3-0, defeating Oklahoma City 13-3 in the title game. Bellevue advances to the World Series. Southeastern University sweeps its Fayette bracket 3-0 and defeats Kansas Wesleyan 11-3 in the title game. William Carey sweeps its bracket, going 3-0 and defeats Ave Maria 27-4 in the title game. The four seed, Indiana Wesleyan sweeps its bracket, defeating Missouri Baptist 7-6 on a walk-off walk. Georgia Gwinnett defeats uh, Freed Hardeman in the if-necessary game. 7-1 to advance to the World Series. Lewis Clark State goes 3-0 as the four seed and defeats Concordia Ann Arbor 19-7 to move on to the World Series. Westmont sweeps its bracket going 3-0, defeats Ben U. Mesa in the title game 10-1. The four seed, Mid-America Nazarene, defeats LSU Shreveport 7-6 in the if-necessary game to win the bracket. Taylor sweeps its bracket and defeats Point Park 12-0 to advance. And then Cumberland's Kentucky punches its first ever ticket to the World Series, uh, sweeping its bracket 3-0 and defeats Columbia 
to six. So that's who gets in. That's how they got here. And we've got some more information on every single team to go over here in just a little bit. This is not a long show. In the last episode, you had 10, re- 10, 10 opening rounds. I know they don't like the R word. 10 opening rounds. And, uh, you know, you're looking at, at four to five teams in every single opening round. At this point, we're in the final site. We're in the last one. It's just the last 10 Congratulations to those 10 teams. There are so this is a great it, it could be a great coaches convention if you had it uh, in Lewiston this weekend. The the wealth of knowledge, the the great people that are getting to go whether it be for their first time. I I think of guys like coach Gould who who you know deserve this and and have had great teams and and been close in the past. Uh Rich who's in his final season, the Cinderella story of that. Mid American Nazarene, who started the year one and eight, one and nine, and and has just risen to the occasion, and and the job that they've done, you know, it's it's absolutely incredible to see what it looks like as a whole, and to realize that this is the product that has come out of it, you know, from a standpoint of is it the strongest World Series we're ever we've ever had, and are there a ton of titans battling it out? No, there there are some teams that that you could make a case for, you know, X would have been better than Y, Y would have been better than Z. But at the end of the day, you know, these teams battled it out and and these were the winners of, of those opening rounds. And I know that some of those teams who were those higher seeds that lost out, they're hungry. They're hungry. It, 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 I've been there. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And uh, you want to be able to climb back into that driver's seat and get ready to do everything you can to, to battle back and and those teams are going to be really interesting to watch next season i think that um this is a great group of teams that we have it's going to be a really fun tournament really exciting to watch the one thing i'm not going to give you on this podcast is i'm not going to give you predictions uh we'll go over the tournament and what it looks like here in a little bit but for the predictions you're going to have to wait until uh thursday in the p.m when the uh written preview comes out and you'll have predictions from myself, predictions from Connor, predictions from Taylor. And then I have also asked three coaches nationally, one in the East, one in the central part of the nation, and one in the West to participate in a blind, uh, you will not know who they are, anonymous coach A, anonymous coach B, anonymous coach C, in who they believe is going to uh, win the national championship just overall. So, uh, you know, that's one of the cool things that we're going to do this year as well. One of the things that we're going to do is we do have, we have selected a panel of coaches. Um, and some of those coaches don't know they've been selected yet who will vote with us in our, um, awards for the end of the year. So we're going to have that as well. Uh, you know, we're going to have America's picks for the first day when that goes out on Twitter soon enough. But when I'm recording this podcast on Tuesday, because it's really the last chance I get to be able to record this podcast, we don't have all of that information. So we're getting everything ready. We're getting everything going. But we wanted to make sure that we got all of this to you in a timely and orderly fashion. And so this is where we're at right now with with this uh, and in working on getting you all of the the best new stat scores and information that you know money can buy. <laughs> so, so with that, we will go ahead and jump here into our top ten hitters in Lewiston, Idaho. Who are the top ten hitters at the World Series? 
And we are actually going to start with number 10. And number 10 is a good one. And, and this was really, really hard. We'll talk a little bit about who was 11. And I am going to talk more in detail about who was 11 in um, the really in the, in the article for the World Series preview. That, that's going to be super detailed and have a ton of information. But number 10 is Stephen Cullen from Southeastern University. He's hitting 367 with 58 hits, 8 doubles, 23 home runs, and 61 RBIs. He is the 10th best hitter, according to NAI Ball, in Lewiston, Idaho. Number 9 is Lucas Gooden from Indiana Wesleyan. He's hitting 373 with 79 hits, 69 runs, 12 doubles, 19 home runs, 66 RBIs. Get this stat right here. 60 walks and 38 stolen bases. The number 8 hitter in the World Series is John Ponder from Georgia Gwinnett, hitting 432 with 89 hits, 79 runs, 16 doubles, 16 home runs, 56 RBIs, and 36 stolen bases. The number 7 hitter is Caleb Colpian. From Taylor, hitting 431 with 93 hits, 20 doubles, 6 home runs, and 51 RBIs. The number 6 hitter is Charlie Muniz from Cumberland's Kentucky, hitting 429 with 93 hits, 20 doubles, 6 home runs, or excuse me, 30 runs, 25 doubles, and 23 home runs with 72 RBIs, hitting 429 with 93 hits. The 5 hitter, the number 5 hitter right in the midpoint is R.J. Stinson, from William Carey, hitting 401 with 101 hits. A little bit of a different variation there. Uh, Presto has 101. His team website has 99. I went with a higher number because it sounds cooler. 17 doubles, 5 triples, 11 home runs, and 74 RBIs for the Crusader. The number four hitter, according to us at NAI Ball in the World Series, is Max Harper from Cumberland's Kentucky. Hitting 416 with 87 hits, 70 runs, 14 doubles, a triple, 23 home runs, and 84 RBIs. The number three hitter is Gary Laura from Southeastern University, hitting 408 with 87 hits, 13 doubles, a triple, 16 home runs, and 73 RBIs. The number two hitter is Isaac Nunez from Southeastern, hitting 451 with 96 hits, 79 runs, 14 doubles, 17 home runs, and 59 RBIs. And last but not least, the number one hitter in Lewiston is A.J. Sipkowski with a 417 average, 86 hits, 91 runs, 17 doubles, 5 triples, 30 home runs, 97 RBIs, 36 stolen bases. Just the uh, second ever 30-for-30 player in college baseball history with J.D. Drew from Florida State in that one. Absolutely special, absolutely special accomplishment that uh, AJ has gotten there. We did write an article about him in Baseball America. Absolutely wonderful to see that accomplishment get posted and and just absolutely fantastic job that he's done this year and, and you know hit over half of those home runs at his home ballpark, which is not a small field. It's not a Cracker Jack box, and it does not – the wind hardly blows out there. It is just a, a really, really, really impressive feat that he has accomplished at Georgia Gwinnett this year. So a uh, wonderful, wonderful job by AJ and a huge congrats to him on his accomplishment of becoming college baseball's second ever 30, 30 season player. Only 62 other players in major league baseball have ever done that. And that list is impressive guys, including a rod, uh, you know, Barry bonds, Bobby bonds, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, you know, it's it's really, 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 and that's a rod in in Seattle, not not a rod in New York or, or Texas. Uh, just really impressive in the overall job that that AJ's done. 
on the outside looking in, uh, I want to say closest, in, in my opinion, the next two closest were going to be Kanta Kobayashi, who hit 396 with 86 hits, 78 runs, four home runs, 14 RBIs. He's, he's a pure hitter, a great leadoff hitter, and a wonderful defensive player. And then Nick Siemens from LC State right there also. 356 average, 72 hits, 50 home runs, 50 runs, 15 home runs, and 44 RBIs. I'm sure Nick wishes he had hit 50 home runs. That would have been quite the feat. But, you know, there are several, several, several great ball players at this level. It's hard to really uh, narrow them down. If you're wondering how we compiled these, it wasn't just by stats. There was uh, some analytical looks at them as well with some, uh, whether it be uh, ISO, BABIP, you know, WRC+. plus. I mean, there, uh, we could go on and on and on about analytics we used for both pitchers and hitters and what those look like. But really, this is the list that we we came up with, and, and this is where what we decided was going to be it. So that's our hitters. We move on to our top 10 pitchers. And while I pull that up and I get this straightened out so we can get a look at all of this and make sure we take a right approach to it, I don't want to mess up anybody's name. No guarantees, but we're going to start this off with number 10. It's Dustin Shorey from Bellevue. 66 innings pitched, 9-0 with 70 strikeouts and a 2.05 ERA. This is a guy that missed a chunk of the season, and if he had been able to play the whole season, his numbers would probably look insane. Uh, but he missed a chunk of the season and still got 66 innings in and is 9-0. Absolutely fantastic to see. So Dustin Shorey is number 10. At number 9, we have our first reliever on the list. There are two relievers on the list, but Greg Blackman from LC, 43 and a third innings pitch, a 2-1 record, two saves, 43 in a third innings pitched, he's had a 1.87 ERA in that time. Greg Blackman has uh, really their—it's their first guy out of the pen. It's the guy that they trust out of the pen for the Warriors, and he's been doing that for years on end. AJ Stinson from William Carey is number eight with 73 and two-thirds innings pitched, a seven and two record, 96 Ks, and a 3.18 ERA. Our last reliever on the list is Reese Wisinger from Southeastern University, who in 37 and two-thirds innings pitched as a massive 4-0 record, five saves, walked nine, struck out 71, has an ERA sub-1, and has a K per nine of 16, almost 17. Absolutely insane. We get back into the starting pitchers here with uh, Cameron Rapetti from Georgia Gwinnett. Cameron Rapetti. With 82 and a thirds innings pitch, 12 and 0 record, 16 walks, 89 punch outs, and a 3-5 ERA. Zach Trevino is number five on the list from Mid America Nazarene with 102 innings pitch, 9 and 2 record, one save, 98 punch outs, and a 3.97 ERA. Gage Williams from Georgia Gwinnett is number four. He's got 74 and a third innings pitch, a 10 and 1 record, one save, 28 walks, 103 strikeouts, a K per nine of 12.47 and a 3.15 ERA. And that brings us to what was really, really tough to decide. It was who are the top three, and I, I think this will kind of surprise some people, and this was a tough decision to make. Our number three is going to be Rob Adams from Southeastern. 77 and a third innings pitch, a 7-1 record, 17 walks, 99 strikeouts, and a 3.03 ERA. Darian Smith from Southeastern is our number two pitcher, 76 innings, a 10-3 record, 31 walks, 111 Ks, and a 2.96 ERA. And then Brian Peck from Westmont 
is our number one pitcher in Lewiston. He has 95 innings pitched, 9-1 record, 22 walks, 102 punch outs, and a 2.84 ERA among starters who have qualified. He leads starters in ERA. Absolutely really good pitcher there. He's not going to blow you away with the velocity, but he's got swing and miss stuff anyway. Really, really, really able to handle pressure, and I think he's going to be really excited and looking forward to get back into Lewiston. It'll be great to see, you know, really what he can do here, and there's going to be so many really good players that we had to leave off this list. Andrew Shira from William Carey, Ben Harris, Hunter Rigsby, uh, Drew Young, you know, just to name a few, Drew Young from Indiana Wesleyan, Gabe Arteaga from Westmont, Jack Ross from Taylor. There's two relievers right there in Ross and Arteaga that had to get left off. Those guys are are incredible, and I think that it's really uh, it's tough to narrow it down to just 10 when you've got this many really, really good players within the World Series. So let's get into what day one looks like, and day one will start all times local in Lewiston, Idaho, Friday at 8.35 a.m., Taylor takes on Mid-America Nazarene in the 7-10 game. Friday at 11.35 a.m., Westmont takes on Cumberland's Kentucky in the 11.35 a.m. game in the 3-6 matchup. Friday at 3.05, in my opinion, what is going to be the best game of the first day, William Carey takes on Bellevue in the 4-5 matchup. And then Friday in the nightcap, Indiana Wesleyan in the 8-9 game takes on Lewis Clark State. Georgia Gwinnett and Southeastern will await their opponents on Saturday, as well as two elimination games on Saturday as well. So let's get into the teams and let's start it from the bottom and work our way up to number one. Usually we start with number one and we work our way down, but today we'll start from number 10 and work our way up. And number 10 is Mid-America Nazarene. They are from Olathe, Kansas. They are in back-to-back World Series appearances with a record of 34-26. and their team average is 286, which is 109th in the nation. Their team ERA is a 5.57, which is good enough for 61st in the nation. Their top hitters are Noah Castile, hitting 357 with 71 hits, 11 home runs, 47 RBIs, and Javier Melendez, hitting 350 with 71 hits and 47 RBIs. Their top pitchers are Zach Trevino, who was number five on our list with 102 innings pitch, and Tyler Friders with a 4.85 ERA, 89 innings pitch, 96 strikeouts. And a 10-5 and five record. Absolutely awesome to see what uh, Mid-America Nazarene can do in their return season. Wonderful story. And it, it makes the uh, selections for Coach of the Year just that much tougher. The number nine seed is the home team, the host school, Lewis Clark State from Lewiston, Idaho. It just the crazy fact about them is they do play at Harris Field where the World Series is. A record of 33-16. and 16. Their team average is 319, which is good enough for 32nd nationally, and a team ERA of 468, which is 24th nationally. Their top hitters, we told you about Nick Siemens a little while ago with uh, his 15 home runs, 72 hits, 44 RBIs. Isaiah Thomas is a really good hitter, 328 average, 62 hits, 14 home runs, 47 RBIs. And then Charlie Updegrave, he's only played in 15 games this year. He has nine home runs. He is on fire right now, was on fire in the opening round. That's the guy to watch out for in that lineup. Their top pitchers are going to be Trevin Hope with a 3 8 1 ERA and 49 and two thirds innings pitch, five and three record, 52 Ks, and Greg Blackman, who we talked about, who was in our top 10 pitchers in Lewiston. A reminder still, none of their pitchers have reached the 50 inning mark 
uh, this year. Those arms are not, there has not been a lot of stress put on those arms. Just something to keep in mind as we get into the final site here of the World Series. The number eight seed is Indiana Wesleyan and the Cinderella story continues for them from Marion, Indiana in their first World Series appearance in the final year of their head coach, Rich Benjamin. Their record is 39-18-1. and They are hitting 285, which is 112th nationally in average as a team. An ERA of 520, which is 43rd nationally. Their top hitters are Lucas Gooden, who we talked about in our top players in Lewiston as well, uh, you know, for hitters. He was in that list there at number nine. And then Evan Salmon has 14 home runs on the year. Their top pitchers to watch, Drew Young with a 3.84 ERA in 91 in a third innings pitch, and Brock Buckley, who in 68 and two-thirds innings pitch has a 4.46 ERA, but a 9-3 and record. The number seven team from Upland, Indiana, in their first World Series is Taylor, with a record of 40-15, and 15, hitting 3.06, which is 63rd nationally, with a team ERA of 4.7, which is 25th nationally. Their top hitters are Caleb Colpian, who we talked about is one of the top hitters in Lewiston. T.J. Bass has 18 home runs. Cade Vandermolen with 57 hits, 13 home runs, and 58 RBIs. Top pitchers include Matt Dukowski, who has 75 and a third innings pitch, 81K, 7-2 record, 3-3-5 ERA, and Jack Ross with eight saves. What a job Kyle's done there. And on top of that, uh, you know, it's their first appearance the crossroads had no representation in the last 10 years. And we talked about that last week or a few weeks ago when the last preview podcast came out, no representation. And all of a sudden here they are two teams into the world series. The second being Taylor, the other being Indiana Wesleyan, the six seed from Williamsburg, Kentucky, making their first trip. They got over the hump. We kept telling you, when will it happen? When will it happen? I picked them a couple of times in the past They weren't able to get there, but this time it worked out. Their first trip for Cumberland's Kentucky. The other Cumberland's, as I'm sure that Brad is having a a really tough time explaining that he is not Woody Hunt's replacement there and that they are a different school. Record of 49-7 with a 355 team average. That is sixth in the nation and a 354 team ERA for fifth in the nation. Charlie Muniz is absolutely incredible. Max Harper's absolutely incredible. Both those guys with 23 home runs on the year. Ryan Shavers has 18 home runs and a 320 average. On their pitching side, Nico Billings with a 282 ERA, 67 innings pitch, 66 Ks. Hunter Rigsby, 64 and two thirds, 92 strikeouts, and a 348 ERA. And then Cesar Avila with nine saves on the year. Just absolutely special team that, that Cumberland's has put together this year. And uh, I'm really excited to see their first go around in, in the World Series. The number five team as we come to the halfway point from Bellevue, Nebraska, is the 1995 National Champion. That's right, it's the Bruins of Bellevue. With a 48-8 and record, they're hitting 347, which is 11th nationally, with a 4 ERA, which is 10th nationally. Kanta Kobayashi, one of the best players, I think, in the nation. And he doesn't get the love he deserves because he's a leadoff hitter. But he's a pure hitter and a great defensive player. Jake Lacey is hitting 330 with 69 hits, 13 home runs, and 70 RBIs. And then Logan Grant with 75 hits, 11 home runs, 68 RBIs, and a 377 average. Top pitchers to watch Dustin Shorey with that 205 ERA and 66 innings pitch at 70 Ks. And Blake Crippen, who in 93 and a third innings pitch has 72 strikeouts 
in a 3-3-8 ERA. Congratulations to Dwayne and the Bruins of Bellevue. The number four team making a return trip from Hattiesburg, Mississippi to Lewiston, Idaho. The 1969 national champions. It's William Carey. A 47-9 record. A 343 team average, which is 12th in the nation and a 5 flat team ERA, which is 36 nationally. RJ Stinson is absolutely incredible, hitting 401 with 74 RBIs. Jake Lysette hitting 374 with 79 hits and 12 home runs. And an opposing coach literally told me I did not want to see Patrick Lee come up to bat in any situation. Patrick Lee has 14 home runs on the year. Their top pitcher is AJ Stinson. With 73 and two-thirds, 96 strikeouts, and a 3.18 ERA. Andrew Shira, also one of the best pitchers in the SSAC, SSAC Pitcher of the Year. That's a one-two punch that William Carey can use to go far in this tournament, especially if they can pull one out against Bellevue. The number three seed from Santa Barbara, California, making back-to-back World Series appearances is Westmont. They're not long much longer for they're not going to be around much longer at this division. This might be it for them, but they have definitely been absolutely incredible. 43 and 8 for Rob Ruiz's club, a 300 flat team average for 78th nationally and a 3-6 team ERA which is 6 nationally. Their pitching has been incredible. But the top hitters to watch are going to be Ryan DeShager who has 52 RBIs, Shane Hofstetler with 11 home runs and Brady Rank with a 422 average and 70 hits. The pitchers to watch, like we said, number one pitcher. I, I just, the guy that I went with that analytically looked the best, Brian Peck, 102 Ks in 95 innings pitch with a 284 ERA. And then Gabe Arteaga has eight saves on the season. Got to give the bullpen guys love as well. That is Westmont making their return trip to Lewiston, Idaho. Number two is Georgia Gwinnett out of Lawrenceville, Georgia, and they are the 2021 national champions. Their record is 50-6. and six. Their team average is 383, number one nationally. Their team ERA is 327, number three nationally. Their top hitters are John Ponder hitting 432. Of course, there's that A.J. Sapkowski guy with the 30-30 season with 97 RBIs. That's just okay. And then Devin Warner has 13 home runs as well. The pitchers to watch, like we told you, Cameron Rapetti, Gage Williams, and then Ben Harris. You cannot forget about Ben Harris. 56 in the third innings pitch, a 288 ERA, and 69 strikeouts in that span. On to the number one team, of course. Out of Lakeland, Florida, it is the defending national champions at 55-4 and four, with a team average of 358, which is number two nationally, and a team ERA of 269, which is number one nationally ladies and gentlemen it is the southeastern fire led by adrian dinkle top hitters are isaac nunez with a 451 average 96 hits 17 home runs 59 rbis gary laura is hitting 408 with 87 hits 16 home runs 73 rbis stephen cullen has 23 bombs top pitchers i mean it's hard to get better than this one-two punch rob adams darian smith but you also got to watch out for danny batcher 63 in the third innings pitch, a 9-0 record, 77 Ks in a 2-7-1 ERA. This is a team that's got all the makings to be able to do this over again. Uh, it's going to be, you know, there have been years with them where they've gone out there and it's like, all right, well, can they outscore their opponents? And there are going to be games in this tournament with teams that don't have deep pitching. And I really do think that 
that it is going to be the the pitching that makes the difference in this one. Uh, but there are going to be teams that don't have the deep pitching in this, and it's going to be can you outscore the other team? The entire, the entire re- opening round. I keep wanting to say regional. The entire opening round in Lewiston was just super high scoring game after super high scoring game after super high scoring game. We'll see if the wind is still going in that direction. We'll see uh, what the weather conditions are like and all of that. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. Those are the 10 teams in Lewiston, Idaho. Congratulations to this great group of coaches, players, fans, and we are excited to watch you compete this week in Lewiston. 10 years ago this year, I want to give a shout out to my brother, uh, Cody Faulkner, through a no-hitter in the NAI World Series game against Sterling out of Kansas, a one nothing victory. Uh, Adam Humes would hit a sack fly in the top of the first inning, and that would be the only scoring of the game. Cody would go out there and, and throw something like 80, 84, 85 fastballs on, on 90-something pitches and um, some great defense. Guys, you know, who I can remember making plays, Herb Romero, uh, you know, Joey Reyna, I'm trying not to leave anybody off here. Elvin Rodriguez, Ike Matrino, Esteban Hernandez, Logan Brumley, Adam Humes behind the plate, uh, Jordan Lewis out in center field. I mean, just these are the memories that that live on forever. And this is why I, I love this sport so much is and uh, it, it was history. It was history. And the crazy thing was, is it was that 830 a.m. elimination game. And the way that the sun was on the scoreboard, you could not tell. A lot of guys did not know that there was a no-hitter going on. I did not know that there was a no-hitter going on until I went to the bathroom in the fifth inning. And somebody who was there that early in the morning, just an, an, an old man, literally there at <laughs> at the urinal, <laughs> no better way to say it, um, looked over at me and said, hell of a ball game that guy's throwing with that no-hitter. And I said, no, no, sir, you must have gotten here late. We got to run. We got to we gotta hit with the leadoff guy and score a run in the first. He goes, no, your guy's throwing the no-hitter. <laughs> and I remember my heart just sank because I left the dugout. You know, I, w- I was charting that game too. Um, and that was just absolutely, absolutely one of the most magical things I've ever gotten to watch. And being there with, with Cody... And his mom being in the stands coming from from Dallas and, and you know, just everything that that he had gone through, um, especially, you know, knowing that he we would get to be teammates for another two years was was special. That guy still calls me and just asks what's going on. And that team was was special. And I won't mention who the head coach was of, of Sterling was at that time, but he may have two national titles and be the coach of the number one team in the nation uh, in Lewiston, Idaho right now. But. You know, that's beside the point. <laughs> uh, you know, to, to be there for that moment was incredible. I, I have the newspaper clipping. I have, uh, you know, it's it's just an awesome moment. Awesome moment. Awesome piece of history. And that was 10 years ago going into this World Series. And uh, Cody Faulkner, just absolutely animal for that outing. And um, it was special. It was special to get to watch. It was special to be a part of. And it was special knowing that the Northwood Knights will, will live on in history forever, no matter what happens. And that's the best part. No matter how much they try to uh, write us out here or uh, write us out from our school. Uh, we're, we're part of history forever. And that's, that's the best thing to me. 
So, folks, if I can give you any advice, I would like to tell you really, really, really support our friends over at the Lewiston Tribune and give them a follow at uh, Trib Sports on Twitter. And then as well, please, if it's only for a month, I want to say it's like 15 bucks, follow them, subscribe to them and, and really see everything they have for the World Series. They've got a great team. Uh, they have they're going through a loss right now, like we are losing their leader and uh, you know, Don was somebody who was willing to help us at every turn. True journalist and a wonderful person who I enjoyed talking to and, and we would communicate uh, around this time every year. And I'm saddened that, that he's no longer with us. So please, please, please support the Lewiston Tribune in all of their efforts. They do a wonderful job covering the World Series and really, really, really just, if you can, give them a subscription, for, even if it's just for the month, and read everything they have. It's going to be worth it. I promise you they do a wonderful job each and every year. That'll do it for us here, guys. I, I you know, I'm pretty much flying solo into this week uh, until the softball World Series comes to an end so Connor can stop working. We will still have graphics. We will still have everything going on. Uh, we're going to have in-depth coverage of every single game. And at night, we will have recaps of what has happened. We're even going to do some watch-alongs. Uh, they might be audio-only watch-alongs. We want to do some video, but I don't think anybody wants to look at me while I'm watching a game uh, shirtless sitting on the couch. You know, I, I just don't think that y'all are into that. So, some audio watch-alongs. We can't do play-by-play. And tell you what's happening, uh, but we can react to it live. So that's something that we will do. Absolutely excited to, to do this with y'all and looking forward to it. So that'll do it for us here this week. As always, I'm your host, Robbie Gutierrez, at RobG1063. Our preview will be coming out in the PM. This podcast will come out Thursday in the AM. The preview comes out in the PM. And that will have all of our predictions and picks But if I had to pick somebody right now, I'm going to pick Southeastern. So that's what I'm going with. I don't think it's a big secret. I think it's a a smart choice. GGC, though, would be my second pick if anybody was wondering. So uh, those are the two picks. I think those are are right now the two best teams in the nation. And I would love to see them do battle in a three-game series. Uh, Maybe we can make that happen sometime soon. So that'll be it for us here at RobG1063 for me on Twitter. And until... Next time, guys, we will be talking awards. Oh, last thing, last thing, last thing. Nobody go anywhere. Nobody go anywhere. Last thing. The World Series starts on Friday. The World Series is supposed to end on Friday. I have a family function in Houston that I cannot miss on Saturday. Uh, So if the World Series gets delayed or anything like that and we're not able to finish on Friday, then... um, yeah, you're going to have to deal with Connor for that last day because I cannot miss this family event in Houston. And uh, we've planned it out for months on end. I even moved the day that we left at the very expensive hotel that I've had to book. Shout out to the Marriott, JW. Uh, <laughs> that I've had to book in Houston for this friggin' event. And um, I pushed it to another day to leave on another day so I wouldn't miss a potential if necessary game just in case we get to that point. But I am 100% looking forward to the start of the World Series. Once the season ends, guys, give, give us about two weeks to make some decisions as far as all NAI ball goes and awards. 
And then uh, we will pump out the last podcast. And in that, I will talk to you more. I guess we'll get vulnerable and talk to you more about what's next and where we're going. I can tell you you're in good hands. Taylor is, you know, we've already announced him as the new podcast host moving forward. He was Cody's pick to replace me. Many of you don't remember, but in August, I want to say, we had come out with a statement saying that uh, I was moving on. I was moving on. And by a strange twist of fate that I wish was different, um, I'm back. I'm back. Uh, and it just doesn't feel right doing this without Cody. And that's a big reason why uh, I, I think that Taylor and the next generation moving forward will have a great handle on what's going to happen and what they're going to do with NAI ball. And I'm not going anywhere. I'm still going to be writing articles. I'm still going to be making appearances. I'm just not going to host the podcast. That's the difference. I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to teach these guys how to run a business, how to make some money and how to, how to be good journalists. And that's my goal is to, you know, that was Cody's, Cody's and I's goal. This isn't a five, six, 10 year venture. This is something we want to continue long after, you know, we've moved into the next life. And this is part of the process. This is part of the process. So I am eternally grateful for all of you, especially the Butler family. I love you guys. And I'm so thankful to you for all that you've done and accepted us and loved us unconditionally when you don't have to. And so I I appreciate that. But we will talk more about the future in the next episode for right now, in the now. We appreciate the World Series and the baseball that's going to happen We thank all of you who are loyal listeners for the last six seasons. We hope you have a great day and an even better tomorrow. Enjoy the games. We'll talk to you soon.